Well, hello and welcome. Welcome back or welcome anew to the Further Faster podcast. I'm Joseph McClendon III, and I, of course, will be your guide, your host, and maybe even your mentor on this leg of your journey to do exactly what the title implies, and that is to go further faster in your life. And as always, we do these two things. Number one, bring you the best of the absolute best to show you, to give you some guidance, to give you some information and even processes to help you go further faster. And number two, really do that to give you some processes to make whatever I or my guests bring up a thing that comes up in your life and becomes natural to you. Now, today, I'm really excited about today, this gentleman I'm going to introduce you today and interview today, because if you have ever wondered what it's going to take for you to be successful or around here, what we call wealthy, healthy, happy, and financially abundant, you're going to absolutely love this man, Dr. Stephen Crawford. He is the author of the book, Too Stupid to Fail, <laughs> Why the Resilient Will Always Beat the Intellect. So grab a pad and paper, something you can take some notes, and we will be right back with Dr. Stephen Crawford. Well, welcome back. Welcome back. I'm Joseph McClendon III, and I'm going to start off by saying this. Contrary to the title of his book, Too Stupid to Fail, Why the Resilient Always Beat, if you will, the intellect, Dr. Stephen Crawford is anything but that. I'm going to read just a little bit. And by the way, here's his book, those of you that are seeing me live. Here's the book here. And I'm going to read just a little bit of this ridiculous amount of things, his accomplishments and what he does, just to share with you a little bit about the man to, to juxtapose the title of the book. Dr. Stephen Crawford obtained his undergraduate degree in urban studies from North Central University, as well as a master's in transformational leadership and a doctorate in global contextual leadership from Bethel University. He's the lead writer for urban, of urban studies, if you will, uh, and the curriculum for the Northern North Central University, which has been replicated internationally and nationally for several institutions. And he's taught at North Central for five years. This man is not stupid by any stretch of the imagination. But he wrote this book and it is fascinating to me. And so first off, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Further Faster, Dr. Crawford. Thanks so much. Great to great to be on here with you, Joseph. You as well, my friend. And also, I should share with everybody, uh, Dr. Crawford is a dear friend as well as a business colleague. He is one of the lead instructors at the Neuroencoding Institute and is changing lives all over the world. And he's going to share more about him and what he does as we get going. But I want to start off by saying this. Stephen, I, and you've seen it. I have this book on my bookshelf in my library, and I got hundreds of books there, and it is always facing forward. And inevitably, when anybody comes into my office, it's what they, they go, they pass up my books and they go right to your book. And then when they open it up, they're, they're reading through it because it's just, it's just a, such a remarkable book. And as they're reading it, as they're going through it, they've got one of these looks on their faces. For those of you that are, that are just listening, I got a smirk on my face and their head is nodding. They're going, yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. That kind of thing. So welcome to the, to the uh, podcast, as well as I want to ask you, what in God's name made you write a book and title it <laughs> Too Stupid to Fail? 
Well, you know, that's the funny thing is that, you know, most of us are just so intelligent, we can't succeed and we can't get out of our own way. And so, uh, and that was true for me for most of my life. I think I grew up, I learned the rules. You know, you work hard, you go to school, you get an education, you do all these things. You follow the social niceties. We all live in this kind of social contract in which we come into agreement with one another on how we're going to behave. And primitively, there's a part of our brain that really, really reacts to being able to uh, sustain the peace and to make sure that we stay in harmony because many generations ago, it was dangerous uh, to be kicked out of the tribe. Now, those social niceties are great for keeping us around, but they are terrible rules to live by for success. And I just had to get out of my own way at some point and just decide that all the people that I saw succeeding were not paying attention to all the rules that I was following. And they, I was getting mad at them, but I had to turn the tables on me and say, what's wrong with me? <laughs> so, so embracing stupidity yeah, or nuggets or keenness <laughs> of mind was what I had to do if I wanted to get out of my own way and start boring forward new pathways in order to succeed. Well, fantastic. And you're so absolutely right. And most of us are unconscious to that. We're unconscious to the fact that that we are affected by other people or uh, the perceived opinions of other people as well. And, uh, you know, what I really love about this book is it's unbelievable simplicity. It's almost like you wrote this thing for me (laughs) because I often say to people, listen, consider me the dumb guy in the room. If you're going to if I'm going to be in a discussion with people that I'm going to learn something from, I want you to treat me as though I don't know anything, because oftentimes things are way over people's head. What was your what was your um, idea for writing a book like this? Because there's only three sections in here. The battle of the mind or sorry, you call it the battle of the head, the battle of the heart and the battle of the hands. Why did you make it so simple? Because you're such an intellectual guy. I love you. And this is so ridiculously simple. Anybody can get it. Yeah. And, and that, that was one of the things I think sometimes it's the intellect that, and the intelligence that gets in our way. And I know that for me, uh, I was sitting at a, a car dealership. You know, I had a master's degree. I was in the first year of my doctoral program. And I'm, I'm sitting at a car dealership because I moved up back into the country from uh, living in Costa Rica for a while. And I needed a job and the economy wasn't the greatest at the time. And so uh, I basically got a job at a car dealership and the car dealer uh asked me, he says, why do you want to work here? I said, I don't, but I need a job. And, so I was just thinking, <laughs> and I'm sitting here struggling to go to work every day, hating everything I'm doing, knowing that I'm purpose and equipped in order to do much more than what I'm doing with my life. And I've got friends that dropped out of college. Some of them didn't even go to college and they're making multi-millions of dollars. And I'm like, what's wrong with them? And what's <laughs> What's wrong with me? Why am I sitting here in struggle when other people are excelling beyond anything I can imagine? And it really, really occurred to me uh, that I had done too much time taking in information and not putting it out. And so the complexity of life was actually trapping me up. And I got caught in what we call analysis paralysis being stuck in my own head. And it was time for me to break out. And so starting to write the book, really, I wasn't writing anybody else. Uh, you know, thank you, Joseph, for writing the forward to the book, but I wasn't even writing to you. I was writing to me. <laughs> I needed a simple role. <laughs> yeah. Get me out of this stuck hellhole. Come on, somebody. Yeah, and I, I use a flashlight of driving out. 
Yeah, I got that. And as I read the book, as I read the book, um, I looked at it because a lot of these stories, if not the, the majority of these stories are about you and experiences in your life as well and the lessons that you've learned as well. And you're so right. I use that all the time with regard to the paralysis of analysis. I lived in that most of my life. And so, you know, let's talk about this, the battle of the head. Give us some examples of what people go through, the, un the, the self-consciousness, the uh, self-worth issues and things like that. Yeah, when you think about it, most of us don't live life in uptime. We don't live life away. Uh, some of the top neurosurgeons uh, and people that work in neuropathy and, you know, from neuropsychology, that most of us live about two hours tops per day in uptime, in awake time. The rest right, of our lives right. is driven and guided by patterns, by habits. The rest of our life is ingrained in us. And so the first Tell, Tom, thing I'm sorry to, to cut you off. Tell yeah, sorry to cut you off. Explain what you mean by uptime. Okay, so downtime is when you're just in habit formation. Basically, if you drive a car, you know what downtime is. It's like you're not even thinking, right. you don't even pay attention to where you're going. You're just in downtime. You're actually just allowing life to drive you. Uptime is when you are actually alert, awake, you're mindful, conscious. you're aware of your circumstances, right. your situations, and you're conscious of what's happening around you. And that's why the first chapter in the battle of the head is about recognizing, recognizing, being able mm -hmm. to bring cognition and doing it again and again and again and aligning yourself to break out of the haze that most people live in, which makes us easily persuaded by other people's opinions and other people's ideas. Spectacular. And as I said at the top of the show, um, one of the things that we always do, and that's what this book does, is it doesn't just talk about it and say this is what it is. You actually give some examples and some things that people can do to, to, as you said, you know, we always say awareness is always the first step. If you don't, if you're not aware that you're in downtime, that you're entranced, uh, then listen, you're never going to break out of it. And nowadays, I'm sure you're going to agree with me. Nowadays, it is so critical because we're so distracted by our cell phones, by social media, by everything that's out there that it's, it is it is triggering us to be in downtime all the time. And so that, to me, is one of the most important things. I like it that you started there. So, uh, again, give us another uh, maybe maybe another example of how to break out of that, how to recognize that you're in it. Well, the first things that we embrace, like you say, is awareness. You know, awareness is the first step uh, to moving forward. But here's a challenge. We have to understand what we're doing to ourselves on a constant basis. Uh, I, I love the writings by Thomas Troward and other, you know, mental scientists from over 100 years ago. They, they, they put some ideas together and they basic, he basically said that whether you do it unintentionally or accidentally, you're always creating. You're always creating your life. Because the essence of who we are as spirit, our, our, our intuition, our instinct is to create. And because we're always creating, if you're creating unintentionally, whatever hellhole you live in, that's what you've created. Congratulations. Yeah. You can't blame mom, <laughs> dad, anybody else, voices, past, history, circumstances. You created what you're living in. And most people get offended by that. Says, well, how can you say that? I mean, there's so many poor people in the world. There's so many people in war-torn countries. It is a creation of your own human beings. We're growth uh, by law. And so we actually are creating all the time. And so a practical example is starting with the 1% of your day that you have control over and beginning to feed your mind with thoughts and ideas that will produce something different. Because if the creation of your life is just a result of the plant things that you planted in it, 
And why not plant new ideas, new thoughts consistently enough to start to break the pattern, to begin to change directions. And all of a sudden, that new feeding, that new thing that you're eating on, you're feeding your mind on, will begin to produce within you desires and drives in order to achieve different things. And when that happens, you want different results. And all of a sudden, you're breaking through uh, into new paths. And But it, it takes consistency. Everybody wants to have happen uh, we want it to happen in a day. No, it takes days yes. uh, to make this thing yes. work. <laughs> that is so beautiful because you're so right. So said differently, the seeds that we planted 10, 15, 20 years ago are what we're living now. And, and to be able to plant those seeds now is going to determine what's going to come up. And the great part about it, and I think you outlined this in, in one of the chapters, said it several times, and that is that it doesn't take that long. In other words, if it took you 20, 30, 40, 50 years to get where you are right now, it's not going to take you that amount of time to make that kind of change, especially if you start implementing the things that you share here. Well, that is fantastic. And, uh, you know, yeah. what you said before, go ahead. No, 100%. No, I mean, sometimes it's just a change of direction. Sometimes you're just going 100 miles per hour in the wrong direction. If you just change directions, you've already started the process of change. Right. Perfect. And that, the direction sometimes is just a little direction. All right. So let's move on to the, the next section. And, and, and listeners, I'm telling you, it's only three big or not. They're big. I mean, the book, look at the book. What is how many pages we got here? 174, 175 pages. It's a really easy, real quick read. But what I promise you is when you read it, you're going to be doing, like I said, when people I see read it, and like I did, you're going to be going, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. And something to do about it. So let's talk about the battle of the heart. Well, here's the thing. Most of us live, once you've been formed, once you've been shaped, and this is something now, now I'm going to steal from your world. Once you've been conditioned, <laughs> <laughs> to live within a certain pattern of emotion. You know, most people don't realize this, but we're, we're, we're triggered either toward or away. We have two switches. We have a switch that moves us either toward or away from things. And the bulk of that is living in a realm of emotion. And if we would learn to practice the disciplines mm -hmm. that really drive us forward, the first thing is releasing. Now, releasing has two aspects to it. Releasing as in being a giver, meaning you're able to give of yourself, that grows you. That's a growth element. The second element of give, uh, of releasing is for giving. That means things that have happened to you, you've got to be able to let go of. Um, if you hold tight, it will cause you not to be able to walk in the freedom of releasing collaboration, creativity, innovation, and giving and really becoming all that you can be because you're holding on to so much stuff that you can't move forward. And you can sometimes move forward without advancing or, or you can grow without advancing, but you can also advance without growing. And so no. this yeah. releasing, advancing means you're able to grow by giving, but then moving forward also means you're able to forgive. And so being you're not stuck in the past, you're able to move forward. And those two elements really is what it meant to re release. And then the word I love the word recreate or recreate. Right. Mm -hmm. It means to create again, <laughs> you know, and yeah. sometimes we need in order to breathe, to take in and to enjoy the beauty of life, to really begin to recreate ourselves uh, and do it again and again and again. And the third one is rejoice. We've got to have a pattern in our life of oh, actually hello. giving gratitude and celebration in order to really, really demonstrate and move further and faster. 
See, I told you this yeah. was your chapter, Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, first off, you're so, so right. And most people have such a hard time with that concept of forgiveness. Because I always say that people, that people look at forgiveness as condoning. You know, if I, con- if, if I mm-hmm. forgive, then I condone what somebody did to me or what I did to myself in the past. And I love the saying that forgiveness really means you are forgiving up trying to change the past trying to change mm. the past and letting go of it means looking for, okay, that has happened. How can it, because, you know, it's a saying that we always use as well is that it's never too late to have a happy childhood. You know, you can't change what happened mm. in the past, but you could change how you feel about it. And that is as soon as you do, as soon as you have that, and that is a release, like you said, as soon as you go, ah, uh, okay. And, and have another thought about it, then everything changes and you change the trajectory. And obviously, you know, we're, we're certainly not going to do we're doing this justice because this is just a short podcast. And I'm going to recommend, obviously, everybody go out and get this book. Let's move into the third battle. And that is the, the battle of the hands. Tell us about that. That's a huge element to being able to do anything, because as long as you uh, have thought about it for as much as you feel about it, if you do nothing, you will still be stuck mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You're going to stay right where you are. And so there has to be an invitation to do anything. And so, you know, this is probably more than in any place of the book. The reason I use the grammatical construct RE for every chapter. Re means to happen again. And and, and so uh, to re-engage means to engage again. It's assuming that you engage one time and you probably got hurt. You engage one time and you probably failed. You engaged another time and it didn't work out the way you wanted or where you planned it. And so there has to be this. It's not just and I, I love this. This is something that Joseph teaches all the time. But it's not about action. It's about activity. It's not about doing it once. It's about doing it over and over and over and over again. And so the philosophy here is if you will commit to never giving up until you win. That is the only recipe that's going to really change your life. So when we say the resilient will always beat the intelligent, the intelligent is going to stop after they get stuck. The resilient is going to keep on going and figure it out anyway. And then we've got refine, which is also that constant improvement of making ourselves better and then remaining. You've got to have staying power, baby. Uh, you know, as many of you who are listening to Joseph's podcast knows, he's been on the stage longer than almost anybody. How do you have staying power? You've got to keep standing. You've got to keep moving forward. <laughs> Yeah, two things. Number one, I want to talk about that because you yourself are an amazing speaker and presenter. And that's one of the things that you do at the Neuroencoding Institute. But I also wanted to talk about that whole concept of resilience with regard to keep going. I was saying my dad used to say this. My dad would always tell us he would go, listen, the amount of people who fail is directly proportionate to the amount of people who give up. And the amount of people who give up is directly proportioned to the amount of people who fail. He said, just keep going. You didn't stop when you had to learn how to walk. You didn't stop when you, 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 didn't, you didn't succeed the first time. You just, just got to keep going. And these odds are stacked in your favor in doing that. And um, so I know, mm-hmm. listen, we're, we're running out a little bit out of time here. But I also want to... Um, I also want to point out that you are, as I said before, such an amazing speaker. You're such a dynamic speaker and you have made the, the lives of hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people uh, better and help them move forward as well, as well as you um as I said with everybody before, you are our lead instructor at the Neuro Encoding Institute. Um, 
and and your business. Tell us a little bit about your business practices, because this isn't the only thing that you do is write books and run your your mouth. I know that you have <laughs> consulting and things like that. Tell us a little bit about that that you do as well with your business. Oh, absolutely. So we we we, we have a small firm. Uh, a small and mighty team of about six people that we do uh, coaching, consulting, and training and development for uh, companies uh, gratefully uh, all over the world. And uh, the, the core of our business is just helping people figure out how to achieve their visions. We Our, our dream is to watch other people's dreams come true, but we don't want to just limit it to companies that uh, that just want to see making money as kind of their, their central objective. We really adopt and partner really well with missional companies and people that want to make a difference. They want to use business as a force for good in order to see the world different uh, when they become incredibly successful. So our goal is to make them successful. Their goal is to do good within the world. And that partnership works out really, really, really well. Uh, and so that's one thing that we get to do. And sometimes we do it in training and development, sometimes just uh, through uh, consulting with people for over, over the long haul. Uh, and long-term relationships. But ultimately, probably what I'm just really, really excited about is just really, really being able uh, at this stage to allow our team to really, really take root and move forward and move some of these businesses faster. And I get to partner with people like you and uh, join join on stages like yours and begin to uh, run my pie hole, as you say, and, and just, <laughs> just let out everything <laughs> worked out. That's the fun part for me. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's fun for us as well. Well, listen, everybody, we're going to take a break real shortly. Take a short break. We'll be right back to tell you how you can enjoy more of the teachings and uh, wisdom of Dr. Crawford. We'll be right back. Hey, you know, I get asked a lot of questions all the time, whether it's something, you know, on online, with social media or face to face. And the question I've been asked a lot lately is, Joseph, when are you going to do something live again? Because I haven't done anything live in, in some time. And uh, so we, my team and I sat down and thought about it. So we put together an event. And I'm happy to announce to you that on October the 29th, through the 30th, 2022, in Las Vegas, Nevada, we're doing a live event called the Further Faster Conference. And this conference is going to be centered around your finances, how to make more money said differently. Now, obviously, we talk about wealthy being healthy, happy, and financially abundant, but this one's gonna be around that because that is a subject that people should be talking about and doing something about right now. I'm gonna bring some amazing guests, some of my mentors that are gonna, gonna give you some of their wisdom as well, as well as I'm gonna teach you my signature methodology of putting a million dollars in your pocket in 10 years or less. It'll blow you away, it is absolutely doable for everybody. So put that in your calendar and more specifically, go to neuroencoding.com forward slash FFC. It'll be in the description here. You'll be able to see it, go there, get your questions answered. It's gonna be a small, intimate event so it's first come, first serve. It will sell out. And I look forward to seeing you in there. And remember, life is exactly what you dare to make it. Fortune favors the bold. Boldly step up, and I'll see you in Las Vegas. You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore our complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash angel phoenix productions
Well, welcome back. I am here with the amazing Dr. Stephen Crawford, author of the book, Too Stupid to Fail, Why the Resilient Will Always Beat the Intellect. And we've been talking quite a bit. And and again, this book is such a jewel. I think it should be on everybody's shelf, even if it is just so people come by and go, hey, (laughs) I need to have some of that. But all kidding aside, it is something that can make a huge and will make a huge difference in your life um, uh, in using it. And one of the things we're talking about on the break is it's not just a book for you to read. Within it are tools, processes and strategies for you to do so you get the results. And as Stephen said just before we went on break, we call that activity. Action is doing something once or twice or maybe even five or 10 times, but that's not going to get you the result. That's not going to build the muscle. What is going to get the result is doing something over and over. So share with us a little bit, uh, doctor, about uh, about the work that comes along with this and maybe some of the exercises that are in there to help people get those results. Absolutely. So one of the things we thought was important to do, because I know that for me, uh, I read books for years and personal development. I've been a personal development junkie for over 20 years. So I, I, I love reading books. I love getting into it, but I would always be the type of person that would skip over the exercises. <laughs> I would yeah, jump yeah, past them yeah. because I felt like getting the knowledge was enough to change my character, but thoughts get sown into your behavior. Your behavior yes. produces your character and your character produces your results. And so it can't just be something that you read. I, I don't want people to necessarily read this book. I want them to go through this book as a resource. And so we created the workbook in order to give people the ability to do that. And in the workbook, it basically gives you an opportunity to take notes and kind of share kind of what you thought and some of those things reflect, it's some reflection questions, some review questions, and then some action steps that we want to challenge you to commit to and take. Because if you don't take action, if you don't and build activity, uh, I think that uh, those thoughts uh, will soon be fleeting and soon be fading. Uh, If you thought that uh, the most successful people in the world uh, had the most knowledge in the world, then professors of universities would probably be the wealthiest people on the planet. No um, doubt. No doubt. <laughs> but so it, it, it's we, what I found. so we, we 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 have this knowledge trap where we think knowing something changes character. And that's just not the case. If you can catch a thought, you can put it into your behavior. You can form it into a habit forming process where it becomes established within your character. You will produce that result. We are as human beings. We are gross by law. We cannot alter that fact. You will produce it. So we want to be able to equip people to be able to do it. And Joseph, I know that's the mission for you as well. No doubt. No doubt. And you and I both share this. We both uh, taught university. I taught at UCLA for several years. And one of the things, and and I know this about you as well, we're somewhat of what they call outliers in in that field there. Meaning what you just said is true. Uh, the university professors are not, they're great teachers. They're awesome teachers. And I always say that knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. You know, knowledge, mm. we, we have a bunch of knowledge in this amazing device called our cell phones. So knowledge is just stored information. And if we're in the habit of just storing information and not doing what we say, you know, we always say that's, that's uh, uh, you're teaching theory. If not, I had an interesting uh, awakening, if you will, eye opening um 
uh, event, if you will, or experience when I was at UCLA for the very first semester. Um, <laughs> and this is, a, it, it, as I look back on it, it, actually still gives me a little bit of the creeps. I was ostracized by the other professors because, um, mm -hmm. you know, and this is way, well, I shouldn't say way but before the internet so that people could check you out and everything. But I didn't have my doctorate at the time. I had a master's, but I didn't have my doctorate at the time. And I was the only professor there that didn't have uh, my doctorate. And so at first, that's why I thought they were ostracized. I mean, I say ostracizing. It was like in high school. You go to high school and the popular kids would eat over here and, and they, they wouldn't talk to you. And I kind of ate by myself. But come to find out, the reason they were ostracizing me, for lack of a better term, was because I had I was successful because <laughs> I had nice car because I was, you know, living, living the life. And I didn't find that out until I asked, I asked one of the other professors, I said, what's going on here? You know, it's like, I try to talk people, people blow me off. Like I'd slap their mother. And they said, well, you know, you're, you, you seem to, and the way they put it, Stephen, was they said that you are not really a teacher because you are, you know, living in that life of wealth. And I thought to myself, really? Okay, and I don't want to be a teacher anymore. And <laughs> I did. I went to the school and I said, you know, that was it. I taught the semester. And quite honestly, I did it because I thought it would look good on my resume. And it did. And I said, you know, I, I, I'm fine. This is one semester. But my class had done so well that they asked me to keep coming back. And I started doing extension courses. And so, you know, you, what you, you've done you here with. The, so say again. I'm sorry. You you didn't catch the vow of poverty that you were supposed to take when you signed up for uh, academia. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that point that you've made there that, uh, you know, about, uh, you know, catching a thought and turning it into action, turning it into activity, that's how you're going to get your results. And so I so, so respect you and appreciate you and respect and appreciate you what you're doing, what you're doing for our community, the Neuroencoding Institute, and what you're doing out there in the world as well. And just so you guys know, Dr. Uh, Crawford, he heads the, uh, he, he is the one of the, like I said, our lead trainers at the Neuroencoding Institute, where he teaches people the art and the skill of getting out there and, as we say, running our pie holes, <laughs> getting out there and speaking. <laughs> He's brilliant at doing it. So um, a couple of things. First off, you know, we got to wrap this up, but where can they get this amazing book? Where would they go to get this amazing book? And how would they get a hold of you if they want to uh, be in touch with you? Oh, they can go to Amazon, Audible, any anywhere that sells books, uh, barnesandnoble.com, anywhere that sells books, they're going to be able to get access to the book. Uh, the workbook is actually only on Amazon. We only published it on Amazon, uh, but they can get they can access it anywhere. If you would like uh, me to partner with you and, and, and share it to your organization or anything like that, feel free to reach out to experienceleadership.com and we'd be more than happy uh, to connect with you, to follow up with you. Uh, some of our team would, would jump on the call with you. And uh, anytime you can give us permission to run our pie hole, uh, we will gladly do it. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's just what we love to do. Or if you want to improve your speaking skills, we, we, we gladly take on uh, clients in order to do that. Spectacular. Well, Stephen, thank you. Thank you so much again for being on the Further Faster podcast. And everybody else, thank you so much for being here, lending us your energy and your time. We don't take that lightly. And in the spirit of what we just shared last, and that is do something about it. Go out and get this book. Don't just get the book. Don't just read the book. Do what the book says and you'll get you'll get results. You will go further faster. So I thank you. And as always, remember that life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune 
Fortune favors the bold. So the trick to life is to boldly step up and dare to make your life magnificent. I look forward to seeing you at the top. We're out. This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.